0: My hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hello, hello, and welcome to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. If this is your first visit to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you made it. And an especially warm welcome to any 2022 alumni out there listening. We know that the transition from college to life as an alum can be a challenge. That's why the After 4 podcast exists, to help you navigate this new stage. I'm your host, John Steele, and I am glad that you're here. As I think about the approach of new grad season, I'm reminded of some of my own early days of post-college life in the summer between undergrad and grad school. So, if you'll indulge me, I'll share a story. But, a little background first. When I was in college, I tried a few handfuls of courses in search of my major until finally landing on psychology. I found content that was fascinating to me, I found people who thought like me, so it just felt natural to declare it as my major. But, since I declared that totally based on interest and without any actual research into the field, I didn't know that further degrees beyond my bachelor's would be necessary. Uh, I eventually discovered that somewhere during my junior year, and started researching programs and prepping for the GRE. It was a lot to deal with, but I had finally found my major and was developing a plan for next steps. Life after college just might turn out, I thought. It was also before this revelation about grad school that I started dating someone who was from Minnesota. And after dating long distance for the better part of two years, it became apparent that we would need to figure out if we could make this thing work while living closer and actually seeing each other more than a few times a year. So I started refining my grad school search and looking for places closer to her. I eventually found a fantastic program at Minnesota State Mankato. I applied, interviewed, was accepted. Knowing that the next fall we would be closer to one another, falling deeper in love, living the good life. Yes, life after college was going to be awesome. Fast forward to graduation now. I remember spending my final night in the townhouse where I lived with all my best friends from school. I couldn't believe that it was ending, but I was excited about the next steps and that helped soothe the pain that I was feeling. In fact, my girlfriend and her whole family had traveled to Indiana from Minnesota to be there for my graduation, almost making it feel like I was sort of seamlessly transitioning from one stage of life to the next. The right salve for my sadness. Life after college was perfect. One day, post-graduation, I said goodbye to my girlfriend and her family as they went back to Minnesota for the summer. The next week, I started what would be my last few months working the job that I'd had for the last six summers, and I began counting down the days to moving to Minnesota. And then it happened, friends. The thing I hadn't expected. My girlfriend, the one I'd learned to navigate interstates to visit, the one I'd planned my future around, the one that I was uprooting my life to live closer to, told me she wanted to break up for the summer. She wanted a few months to date other people so that she could make sure she wasn't making a huge mistake spending the rest of her life with me. (laughs) That's what everybody wants to hear. Life after college sucked. My hope and excitement for the fall had turned to dread and fear. What if I had just set a life trajectory with this person in mind that I couldn't undo? I had never intended to leave Indiana until meeting her. I had no desire to be far away from home. I had even been accepted to Ball State's master's program just a few short hours away. I had risked everything, set aside everything, banking on this part of my future, and now it looked like it was just going to crumble around me. So, instead of a summer of anticipation, dreaming about what would come next, I spent the summer writing sad songs on my guitar, moping around the house, and watching the people she was dating for the summer writing on my girlfriend's Facebook wall. All the while, wondering if she'd end up choosing them instead of me. I was Schrodinger, and this relationship was my cat. At one point, I even hopped in my dad's truck and drove to Minnesota in an attempt to win her back. The visit was awkward, it was short lived. She said she appreciated the gesture but still wanted to give our break the rest of the summer. I went home defeated. Nothing about this summer was turning out the way I had expected. I hated life after college. But eventually, the end of the summer came, and so did the call I had been waiting for with great hope and terror. What would she say? What would it mean for life after college? Well, It was one of those rare moments, almost like the end of a movie. She called, she told me she loved me, and she hoped that I would take her back. I, of course, said yes. I mean, what else was I going to do? This was fantastic. There was nothing better than life after college. Well, friends, here I am nearly 13 years later. I still live in Mankato, Minnesota. I had planned to be here for two years. I have my master's degree in clinical psychology. Aside from a few years of adjunct work, I've never used my degree professionally. And I've been married for almost eight years now, not to the woman in this story. The moral? Life after college is full of twists and turns, good, bad, ugly, all the above. If you haven't experienced one of those three yet, you certainly will, and you'll experience them all time and time again. And that's why we're here, to celebrate the wins, to help you walk through the losses, and to help you pick up the pieces if you didn't find us until afterward. We are here for you, alumni. Okay, wow. Uh, Let's go ahead and bury that time capsule deep, deep in the ground and get back to what you're all here for this week's interview. Today, we're chatting with Penn State Harrisburg alumnus Elisha. Elisha has some great stories about helping his alma mater through the pandemic as a volunteer, what it's looked like for him to get involved with his local church community in meaningful ways, and how he's learning to share his faith and his work as an engineer. Another cool note about this episode my interview with Elisha was edited by alumna and former guest of the show, Claire Lynn. She and I have been working together over the last few months, and I am so grateful for her partnership. Thanks for your work, Claire. You did a great job. If any of you would like to get to know Claire a bit more, you can find a link to her episode in the show notes. All right, let's get rolling. Here's my conversation with Elisha. Enjoy. Elisha, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. You and I have touched base before you were nominated. I was one of our alumni heroes, and so I got to hear some of your stories. Some of you who are listening have probably read Elisha's story online, but excited to do a bit more of a long-form conversation here, hear a bit more about what life after college has been like for you. So as we get kicked off here, something that's always helpful to know is, Elisha, when did you graduate and where did you go to school?
1: I graduated in 2019 and I went to school at Penn State Harrisburg. I went there for four years and I
0: studied mechanical engineering. And are you in a mechanical engineering field now after school?
1: Yeah, I actually just started my second job post-college and both have been in manufacturing engineering, which is a subset of mechanical engineering.
0: That's great. Have you been enjoying work up to this point?
1: I do. I really like it. In college, I liked anything dealing with programming. Now that I get to do it as a large portion of my job is pretty fun. That's awesome.
0: Well, I'd be really interested to hear some of your InterVarsity origin story. How did you get connected to InterVarsity at Penn State Harrisburg?
1: I'd start with my parents. So they actually were both involved in InterVarsity in college. And that's where they came to know the Lord, actually. Growing up, I always heard about InterVarsity. And so before my first week on campus, I was planning on joining InterVarsity. And then my first week there, since I knew there was an InterVarsity chapter at Penn State Harrisburg, I went looking for them at the involvement fair. So I found the InterVarsity table, told them I wanted to join. And I think it was the week later that I went to the first large group. They needed people on the worship team. I joined the worship team the following week. Since then, I've
0: just gotten more and more involved. That's awesome. It's a really cool story that you went to school looking for inner varsity. Well, as you think back over your four years on campus, are there any particular stories that stand out to you of like, oh man, this was something that I just really loved about my time on campus?
1: I think one overarching thing would have been seeing the growth of the club. So the first year I was there, it was pretty decent sized. but then a whole bunch of seniors graduated. And so then my second year, it was very small. And I became club president that second year because there was no one else there to be president. And so in that first year of me being president, it was only a couple of us on the leadership team and all of us doing multiple roles. And through the next three years, I really saw the Lord grow the chapter. And by my senior year, I was pretty much just assisting. All the students who were on the leadership team was very much divided up by that point, And we had a lot more people coming. So it was really neat to see how the Lord grew the chapter through that time.
0: Yeah, that's cool. When you first came in, you got to see a chapter that was this full-blown experience. You could see this fully functioning group of people. And then all of these people graduate. And then you kind of get to have this experience of helping it build back up to what it was when you first joined in. Was that generally an exciting experience? Were there moments of frustration? What was that like for you?
1: I think it was a mix. I mean, I'm a very positive person, so I'm always finding ways to be excited about things. But there were definitely times when it could get discouraging. We had a couple large groups where we had like less than five people. So things like that could get a little discouraging. But having even that small group of people that I stayed close friends with and was able to lead with definitely helped encourage me and
0: seeing the growth as it went. It just got more exciting once the growth actually really took off. As you think back, what were things that seemed like they really helped the chapter to take off as you and those who were left took the reins and helped move it forward? Definitely university
1: conferences We would often send like half or more of our chapter to conferences, which is a little unusual. Yeah. And I think each of the people that were there staying faithful and staying there and being intentional with friendships, I would say those are things that really helped.
0: That's cool. A good history of conferencing can definitely help grow camaraderie in a chapter, build excitement towards the next conference and get people plugged in in that way. Those can be some pretty important moments for sure. Definitely. You have a lot on your shoulders, like not only are you an engineering student and you have these multiple roles that you're taking on in the chapter and leading in these different ways, being chapter president, even for a chunk of time, you're going through what seems to me like a fairly full schedule, I would imagine. As you're starting to approach the end of your college experience, what was going through your mind as far as what the next phase of your life was going to look like?
1: I definitely was looking to like, what am I going to do after college? I got a job lined up a month and a half before I graduated. So that helped some where I wasn't leaving college, not knowing what I was going to do for work. But as far as Christian community, I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. I didn't know for sure that I was going to stay as a volunteer within a varsity. I thought that was going to be a thing and I talked about it with my staff worker. But some of that worked out during that time in my last semester.
0: And you had the unique experience of being somebody who graduated about nine months before the world exploded with COVID. There's a whole lot of things that maybe you were anticipating or that you had no way of anticipating what was going to happen next. You know, you had about a semester out of school before everything just went crazy. What was that like for you?
1: The biggest thing was for the first several months of COVID, staying home. And at that point, I was also heavily volunteering with InterVarsity. That semester was when our main staff worker was on sabbatical. So I was pretty much leading the chapter that semester. That was the spring after I had graduated. And working through that transition with the team of students was probably the biggest thing. But the students also did a fantastic job with getting stuff shifted over to Zoom super quickly. So at the same time, it wasn't that difficult for me.
0: Nice. So maybe not as challenging of an experience as it could have been, or as maybe what some other people experienced. But let's talk just a little bit more about walking through that with the chapter as a volunteer. You signed up to be an official volunteer almost immediately after graduating. What were the ins and outs of what your time as a volunteer with this chapter during unprecedented times?
1: The first half of the semester was fairly normal because COVID hadn't appeared yet. So I was very busy on campus once or twice a week. After work, I'd go there in the evenings and then I would help with leadership meetings, which we held on the weekends because of my work schedule. But then when everything went on Zoom, I basically just transitioned to joining them via Zoom and helping with being creative on how are we going to run things on Zoom. While at the same time, the students were pretty self-sufficient, so they didn't need a ton of my help with that. I would say going into the following semester in the fall was where we had to get a lot more creative because we were kind of in like a hybrid type setting by that point. And so we had to make sure we were following school guidelines. While at the same time, we wanted to make sure people were able to connect and grow. And we didn't want to create where no one wanted to come to anything because we felt like obviously people's faith is still very important. Yeah, But we also wanted to respect guidelines so one thing that was really big that semester is we had outdoor activities at a local park and we were able to safely gather. And we actually saw the chapter grow through that fall semester, which was pretty wild.
0: That is so cool. Being creative in the way that you're doing this sort of hybrid experience, wanting to honor the regulations that the campus had put up. But at the same time, wanting to find ways to help the chapter continue connecting and meeting and seeing growth. And that's pretty amazing.
1: It was so much unknown, but then just taking one step at a time and just seeing the way the Lord worked, it was pretty wild.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Do you think that your experience as a student, when you had this like, here's this booming chapter and a bunch of people graduate and you're starting with a very small number of people and then seeing that grow, do you think that that had any impact on your ability to help lead the chapter through an experience like this?
1: For sure, because my semester that I started at campus, there was a thriving leadership team. But then when they all left, I pretty much had to figure a lot out by myself. There wasn't a set up transition. Knowing how to figure stuff out and learning stuff as we go definitely was helpful in another transition time that was completely unexpected.
0: Now, this is not necessarily related to a COVID experience, but was another story that I remember from us talking before. I'd love to hear it again. Tell me the story about, was it like an apprenticeship group that you were running? And one of the challenges was to invite friends to come to a Bible study one night. And there was a student that was feeling particularly uneasy about making that invitation.
1: Yeah. So this was last spring, almost a year into COVID, and we were in somewhat of a hybrid type setting campus-wise and university. And so we decided we wanted to run the apprenticeship team for new leaders. And we ended up having eight or nine apprentices. We held it on Zoom. And the week that we did the Bible study training, I told everyone they were going to be leading in pairs and had them assigned to pairs. And then one student said that they were worried about it. They weren't comfortable. They had no experience. And I told them that they'd be fine. They had someone else with them that was comfortable and that they'd be okay. And I encouraged them. And then the next week they came back and said that they had done a Bible study, had a bunch of their friends. It was like at 10 o'clock at night. And then as time went on, they kept doing this every week. And the last I knew, this Bible study was still being held at 10 o'clock on Zoom for people like all over the country. It wasn't just Penn Staters.
0: That is incredible. This student that's feeling really apprehensive about even making the invitation. And you give this very simple encouragement of you're not alone. It's going to be okay. And we can talk about it afterwards, whether it goes really well or really poorly. And then it just goes like better than anybody could have expected. And not only that, a year later, it's still running. How amazing is that?
1: In my experience, just the way it's seeing the Lord move in areas that I wasn't necessarily expecting has been my favorite part of it.
0: What would you say are one or two of the things that have been maybe harder than you anticipated after graduating? I have all this free time now. And during college, my time was booked
1: completely and everything was very scheduled. All my classes were scheduled. I had homework to do pretty much all the time. And so now when I graduated, I have basically a nine to five job and then all that time outside is free time. But I've been able to be intentional and fill it with getting involved in a local church, volunteering within a varsity. So I think it was more of a thing at the beginning where I had this open time and I had to figure out what did I want to invest that time in. Now I've gotten to the point where I'm actually now on the flip side where I'm making sure that I'm not too busy because I'm involved in so many things.
0: Yeah. What process did you go through to figure out how to use that spare time that you had well, rather than just filling it with sitting on the couch and watching Netflix every night?
1: I think trying to figure out what I'm passionate about and then also praying about it following how the Lord was leading and things really
0: fell into place very naturally. That makes a lot of sense of sort of self-examination of, yeah, what are the things that I already know that I enjoy doing? And are there opportunities for me to jump into that? Or are there other open doors the Lord's creating for me that I can jump into and use my time well?
1: Definitely. And like even in the first year post-college, I spent a lot of time practicing guitar. I love doing worship stuff. I started taking vocal lessons, things like that that weren't that strenuous. They were more restful, but I was still able to use that time intentionally instead of just wasting it.
0: Another great question to ask yourself is, like, man, are there any hobbies that I just haven't been able to spend the time with that I wish that I could to be able to sit down and give some extra time to something like guitar? A great thing to invest in with some of the extra space and time that you had. That's cool. Well, then flip side of that coin, what things have you experienced that have just been really joyful that maybe you weren't anticipating a lot more fun than you expected? What have been some bright sides of life after college?
1: Definitely getting involved in a local church. After college, I was planning on church hopping to find a church near me that I could really get plugged into. And I ended up going to the young adults group at one church the one week. It was about a month after I graduated. And I've been going there ever since for their young adults group and their weekend services. And then I've gotten involved there playing on the worship team. And they're like four or five different nights a week, helping with different kids ministry things, playing guitar and on Tuesday
0: nights with their young adults group and then Sundays. That's awesome. Do you have advice that you would give to people that are trying to figure out how to get connected to a church? Like what were things that you did that helped that process along for you?
1: There are certain things that help you build your relationship with the Lord. So like for me, when I first went, I really liked the worship, the type of worship that helped me connect with the Lord. And so that was definitely a plus. And then a lot of their message was very scripture based and they used a lot of scripture. So those two things were things I really liked. I would say, yeah, definitely look for, are there a couple things that you really feel like, hey, this is something I would really like in a church because it really helps me grow in my relationship with the Lord. But at the same time, following the Lord's leading. For me, I just went to this and I really felt like this is where I was supposed to be. And so not necessarily looking for everything to be perfect because it's just not. But look, where's the Lord leading me and really getting plugged in there. So I joined leadership team with volunteering with the worship team. And then that's how I really began to build community, just meeting people through that.
0: So it sounds like it's been a balance of, you know, what are some of the non-negotiables or the things that you're really excited about, which is nice to be able to find things in a church that you're excited about experiencing with a church body. But then also this combination of, okay, but what is God inviting me into? And maybe some of those could be things that I'm less excited about or that I'm unfamiliar with. It could be new territory for me that I just need to have an openness and a readiness to experience that there was a balance in that for you. Definitely. How important was the places that you've decided to volunteer? How important are those as far as you feeling connected and plugged in and like a legitimate part of this community?
1: Oh, it's been huge. Getting involved with the worship teams because I love worship and through InterVarsity is where I really grew in worship leading because I was also the worship leader on campus. And so that's really through college where I developed a love for ministry and worship. So then now being able to actually serve in a church that has that. And while at the same time, it's really pushed me in my play, being that it's a bigger church, definitely pushed my skills and made me practice and always looking to get better. And just so that I can be playing at a high level so that to help people enter the Lord's presence during worship.
0: That's pretty cool to also have a church that sort of encourages you toward excellence in what you're doing. As you look at the broader parts of your life, are there other places like in your life outside, like your work context or family context, whatever it might be, places where you see, oh, this is a new way that I get to live out my faith in the context that I'm in now?
1: There are definitely a lot of actual similarities between work and school because I'm surrounded by non-Christians as the majority, but it's definitely something that I've been working on is being bolder in my faith. At least for me, it's easy to just be nice and love people like that's something that just my personality, I'm always very positive. So I've done that at work, but I'm trying to push myself further to actually not just settling to be nice to people there, but actually taking opportunities to share directly what I believe.
0: Yeah. Are there any like small movements in that direction that you've been able to see of like, okay, I can tell that I'm becoming more open to the prompting of the spirit. I'm starting to see some of these opportunities. I'm learning how to talk about these things or how to start talking about these things with my coworkers. Are there any of those things that you've noticed start to happen?
1: Yeah. One thing, and this has been going on for a while, is just being intentional to be nice and love the people that other people complain about and working on not giving into complaining about those people also. So that can be sometimes difficult because a lot of the culture and workplace often is complaining about the people that maybe aren't as good at their job or aren't as nice. But that's something I've been trying to be very intentional in and not let myself get caught up into complaining about them, but intentionally be nice to them whether they deserve it or not. Yeah. And then also just when people bring up things about faith, if there's a mention, being willing to. say what I believe or just people ask what I'm doing, talking about what I'm doing at church, just being honest about who I am.
0: Yeah. They'll know that we're Christians by our love. Figuring out how to live out our faith in ways that make sense in our context is not always an easy thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like they think Christians
1: are going to be like offended by things they say. And like, they've asked me questions like that. I'm like, I'm not going to be bothered. Like I'm not going to partake in it, but I'm also not going to be bothered by it. Obviously, there may come times where I can have a conversation about saying why I don't think this type of language or this type of joking is appropriate, but I think initially I have to build a relationship with them before I can actually do that so they actually trust me and see that I'm authentic.
0: I recently had a similar experience. I was actually at a wedding and I was talking to someone at the wedding. They were asking how my wife, Caitlin, and I met. And I was saying, oh, we were both students with this organization, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, who I now work for full time. And she was like, oh, so you're still into God. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. And my concern in that moment was, oh, no, I hope I haven't lost this person. I hope that she's not just going to shut down and we're not going to be able to have a real conversation anymore. But then we were able to continue talking about actually some really important things. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, "Okay, how can I show that even though now you recognize that we're different people, that we believe different things, we can still talk about real life things. And that felt like an important moment for building trust in that space and being able to To continue developing a friendship beyond that. Yeah, that's neat. So the time that you've had since graduating, are there things that you can look at and say, man, these are places that I know that InterVarsity really helped prepare me for my life after college?
1: I think learning how to be good friends and live in community, that was something we talked about in university about how do we love people, how do we build relationships. And so that's been something I've been able to carry with me and now have those same type of friendships in my church community now. I think the other big thing would be learn how to listen and hear ideas that are different from mine and be able to accept people, even though they might believe differently than me and being willing to be a good listener before I actually judge the person and not judging the person because they're different from me, but listening, hearing them out and admitting that I might not have everything completely right. And then even if we disagree after, if we have a conversation about something, we disagree and we still disagree, being able to still be friends with that person.
0: Yes, we can disagree vehemently on foundational things and that we could still be really good friends, that we could legitimately have a meaningful friendship together, even though there are really important things that we disagree on.
1: And I think that also then opens up the opportunity to discuss some of those more difficult issues. Exactly.
0: Okay. so then, Elisha, there's a whole batch of people that this is their last semester in school. If they were listening to this podcast, is there a piece of advice that you would want to give them based on the experiences that you've had thus far that would help them have a good start to their post-college experience? First thing is
1: to make sure to spend regular time with the Lord personally. That's something that has been very helpful for me so that I'm making sure that I'm building my foundation on the Lord through reading His Word, through prayer, and not through any other external things that could be really good and maybe are likely of Him, but could end up being a shaky foundation just because people are imperfect. And the second thing would be to get involved in some type of local church, Christian communities, something that they can invest their time in and really grow with the Lord through that.
0: Yeah. And it sounds to me like that part of your experience has been both a receiving, but also an opportunity to give as well. Definitely. Sometimes those feel like, sure, yeah, you should spend time with God and uh, you should go to church. There was an intervarsity staff that a few years ago I heard say, we don't need new things. We need to do the old things with new vigor. What you're talking about right there, Elisha, is the old things with new vigor. You're used to some sort of personal rhythm with Jesus and you're used to being a part of a Christian community as an intervarsity student. Then you graduate. You need to find out how to do those same things because even though they're going to be different, they are still vital for your success as a follower of Jesus and continuing to grow and to develop and to have an influence on the people around you.
1: Yeah. And I think pressing into those things, even when you don't feel like it, because there will be times when it's not as easy. But in general, it's really important to still spend that time with the Lord, even when you don't feel like it. Push and get involved in a church, even when there are times where you might feel more down. But that's, I think, where it's really important to press in even more, because that's how you can get that support first from the Lord through the quiet times, but then also through
0: community. That's really awesome. If nobody said it to you recently, let me say thanks so much for being a volunteer. You've had some pretty weighty volunteer experiences. And here you are still digging it, helping other people get onboarded as alumni volunteers. And it's just cool to see and to hear these stories of what you're doing. It's been so fun. I love it. That's awesome. Any advice that you would give to somebody that's considering being a volunteer?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing would be if the Lord's leading you to do it, do it. (laughs) But I think just being open to however the Lord's leading you to serve and where the needs are for your chapter, not feeling like you have to do everything and being willing to shift your role slightly from being a student. So just a little bit different, but there's also a lot of the same. So like being able to use that experience as a student and being able to relate to the students in that manner, being able to know what they're going through
0: and help them, encourage them through things since I just did it. Right. You're just a couple steps ahead and it's still very fresh in your mind. And that makes you an incredibly relevant person to be walking through that with them. Yeah. I would just encourage everyone to just keep pressing on into what the Lord has for them, because it's definitely very rewarding. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks so much, Elisha, for being on. Thank you. Okay. This is one of those moments when I think I've just heard an alum offer some advice or share something they're learning that no one said yet on the podcast. It's not earth-shattering or mind-blowing, but it's sage wisdom that I think we could all benefit from. I love that one of Elisha's primary pursuits for showing God's love to his coworkers is choosing not to badmouth the people that everyone speaks of poorly. I mean, it's probably something that our parents or grandparents or teachers tried to tell us for years, but it just hits different for me when Elisha says it. What would it be like to be known around the office as the person who never talks about people behind their back? Wouldn't that provide some level of comfort to your coworkers? Build some amount of trust? Hey, if Elisha doesn't talk trash about that person when they're not around, maybe that means he doesn't talk trash about me either. Not a terrible reputation to have. Elisha, thanks for helping us continue to learn how to thrive in our workplace and how to practically love our coworkers. And thanks for all the investments you're making as a volunteer with your chapter at Penn State Harrisburg. We're really grateful for you. Okay, we've reached that time again. Time to wrap for the week. Tune in next time for my conversation with Paul Tokunaga, IV alumnus, former staff, and current founder and president of MELD, an organization leading the way in multi-ethnic leadership development. He and I are going to chat about leadership development in your 20s. What should you be doing in your 20s to help you be successful in future stages of life? don't miss it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, turn on notifications, share it with your friends, and follow us on socials at After4Pod. I'm looking forward to hanging out next week. And one last shout out to Claire Lynn for her great work editing this week's interview. Thanks a lot, Claire. That's it for now. Until next time, I'll see you in the After Alumni.